Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Saturday, April 29th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and our Saturday guest, will be uh, joining us momentarily as well, uh, Kevin Beach, and we are here to break down the Saturday slate. Three more elimination game sixes on tap tonight. Uh, looking forward to it. Should be a fun, exciting night of playoff hockey, much like it was last night. I mean, at, uh, two of the games in particular uh, last night, the first two in the East, were definitely dramatic, definitely filled with uh, tension, uh, and we saw that last night, starting, of course, with the Islanders and the Hurricanes. Another, it wouldn't be a Stanley Cup playoff evening without one draw cashing in. And we certainly saw that last night. So nice to hit that at plus 330. Another draw comes through uh, in game six last night with the Hurricanes and the Islanders. Uh, Islanders got the start they wanted. Uh, first goal, courtesy of Cal Clutterbuck. Uh, but after that, just tried to sit on the lead. And in the third period, you know, they almost played to lose. They really did play to lose the Islanders because Carolina just came in waves. They really didn't push back offensively at any point, the Islanders. And they just, uh, unfortunately, eventually you knew it was going to maybe catch up to them. It did. Hurricanes tie it courtesy of Sebastian Ajo, uh, 1-1. And then, of course, in overtime, a lot of times in OT, you know, physical, mental mistakes. You've been out on the ice quite a bit. It's been a long series. Playoff hockey takes a lot out of you, and that's when the mistakes occur. And it was just a bad giveaway turnover. Uh, couldn't clear the puck out of the zone. Carolina pounces on it. But at the same time, for as amazing as Sorokin's been all season and for as really strong as he was for quite a bit of this series, man, that's a horrendous, awful, odorous goal that went in on Ilya Sorokin, courtesy of uh, Paul Stastny uh, last night for the overtime game winner and series winner. Uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. But, you know, Carolina deserved the series win. I think for the better part of the series, they were the better team. They carried the play for much of the series. Sorokin gave them a chance. But as usual with the Islanders, not enough offense, not enough scoring punch, and they've been sent home once again, Alex. Yeah, and and, and that's the issue. You know, they try to build – it's kind of the reverse of, of what some other teams, namely Florida, and we'll talk about them in a little bit uh, – would tend to do in the sense of build the team for the playoffs, but then kind of struggle through the regular season where other teams have great regular season teams. And then they struggle to, to adapt to playoff hockey. Well, you know, the Islanders play playoff hockey all the time. And I think that wears on them a little bit. They don't get the offense. They rely so heavy on the goaltending. And, and when things kind of fall apart, it's just, you know, think about it. You don't see them go down in a blaze of glory. They don't lose games, uh, you know, six, five, they, they lose these kind of games two to one, three to two, because they just don't have the offense to keep up with it. And it just, everything just kind of falls apart. If they, if they're defensive structure. They make a couple of mistakes. They get behind. They know they can't uh, find a way offensively to get ahead and, and they just fall apart. And, uh, you know, so the Owls are going to have to address this. You're going to have to find that balance. That franchise needs to find its balance. They've been riding the defense for years. They need to find some better offensive balance. And, and I don't know if that means, adding into new uh, assistant coaches, changing the offensive schemes all together, but they got to find that balance if they want to be a team that actually gets to a conference final, gets to a cup final, wins a cup. Uh, and, and Carolina, 
you know, uh, Sebastian Ajo stepping up. Uh, obviously, we talked about how all those forwards that are going to step up, Nason uh, and company, Nations, all of them are going to have to step up in the absence of Svechnikov. But they're going to have to be more consistent in the next round because chances are they're playing either a New York Rangers team that would have won two straight to come back and win their series or a doubles team that's rolling hot, winning four straight or four of the last five. Uh, and then both of those teams can bring it offensively. So Carolina will need to rest up and, and retool and refocus for the next round. Yeah, and you know what's uh, funny about New Jersey is that they're not this this offensive juggernaut anymore. They're proven right now. They can D up. They can play defense. They can shut you down. They've done that, of course, the last three games against the Rangers. So that's not a walk in the park. And, uh, you know, their defensive game with Akira Schmid, who is just, you know, on the run of a lifetime at the moment in these last three games, uh, you know, he everything he touches turns to gold right now for the Devils that uh, – no series they face in the next round, or no opponent they face in the next round, Carolina will be easy. Look, they're going to have to put the biscuit in the basket a whole hell of a lot more than they did uh, in yeah. this series against the Islanders uh, if they're going to end up advancing past the second round. The next game on the docket last night was just a crazy game. I mean, insanity between the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. And man alive, uh, this Florida Panthers team, they've got guts, they've got heart, they've got belief. They really, truly think they can win this series. There is no doubt they played last night with that mindset. You know, they're not here to compete against Boston. They're not here to just say, hey, we're going to get a competition ribbon. We're playing the best, one of the best teams of all time, you know, based on the regular season record they had. We're just happy to be here. If we give them a battle but lose, we're fine with that. No, they're not fine with that. They're not. They are here to try to beat this team and win this series and advance to the second round. I mean, I'm sure every team is, but they're playing like it. Obviously, they'd say they're here to win this series, but they don't back it up when you're playing a team this good. Florida's backing it up. I'm so impressed right now with what I'm seeing. And you know what's scary for Boston is Florida has somehow gotten this series to Game 7 when prior to last night, their captain, Alexander Barkov's had a really tough and bad series, a rough series, no doubt. And now he gets off the schneid as well uh, and scores a goal for the Panthers last night. Their power play, which had been awful for much of this series, especially in the first four games, is now starting to click and heat up. I'll be, I, I have not seen the Boston Bruins look so out of place defensively. Gaps all over the ice, turnovers with the puck, positional breakdowns in their own zone like you couldn't believe, like we've rarely seen all year from the Boston Bruins. And of course, you know, the, the stat that remains very true is what was flashed up on the screen during last night's game. And that was Linus Allmark had given up four goals or more in two games all season. He's given up three uh, games in this series alone of four goals or more. And now the big debate and TNT had the debate about it with uh, Bissonette and Lundquist and Anson Carter and Liam McHugh on the TNT broadcast last night during the post game. Twitter's having that debate. Uh, I'm sure our own Jimmy Murphy's posted the question to everyone. What the fuck do you do with your goaltending situation in game seven? And it is not an easy decision. This is not an easy, this is not cut and dried folks with what we've, what, with what they're going to do here uh, in game seven, because your option is an all mark that is clearly now in a few games in a row struggling at the worst time. And look, it's not all his fault last night, but it all started with the very first goal that went in by Brandon Montour, short side. 
you know, we've got our resident goalie expert now joining us here, Kevin Beach. I'm sure he'd agree, you know, that uh, that's a goal that I'm sure Linus Allmark would want to have back. You know, I thought he was just too fidgety, you know, in his goal crease last night. Uh, he was just moving around too much. You got to be quiet. You've got to be, you know, compact uh, in the net. I know when we had Connor uh, Lacouve with us earlier in the season, he'd always say that. And he's very good at showing, you know, all kinds of uh, videos in terms of technique and, and the ways that the goaltender gives himself the best chance to make a save. Uh, and I thought there was too much of his technique was had eroded last night for all Mark. But no doubt he was abandoned as well by his team. I mean, there was just too many defensive calamities last night for the Boston Bruins. Not only the forwards back checking made some gas, but obviously the D were not solid. Obviously, this is the number one penalty kill all season in the NHL, Boston and Florida has clearly started to solve it, which is another problem. And every time Boston would come back, strike with a goal, take the lead, you know, and they had an incredible night from Pasternak. That's the scary part. And they still couldn't win that game. They still couldn't close it out. So Florida is live in this series. And, um, th and the way they responded every time Boston scored, can't say enough about the resolve and the resilience of the Florida Panthers. And look, Bobrovsky was a bit shaky at times last night, too. Wasn't great. But he made the key save when it was 6-5. Boston had the uh, extra attacker. He made an incredible stop right before the bank shot uh, into the empty net by Reinhardt uh, to put it away uh, and make it 7-5. So he made the key save when he had to. And that's all that matters for goalie Bob last night. And somehow, shockingly, we have Game 7 with the Panthers and the Bruins. And again, Matthew Kachuk. Hats off to this guy. Gamer, gamer's not even a good enough word to describe Matthew Kachuk right now. Uh, he is just dragging his team along and saying, come on, boys, I'm taking us to the second fucking round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just an incredible display from him uh, the last couple of games for the uh, Florida Panthers. And you know what's great about Kachuk? He's keeping out of the scrums now. He's you know, whistle to whistle. That's always sometimes an issue with him. He doesn't play whistle to whistle. He'll take a bad penalty after the play ends, and he is not doing that right now. He's playing whistle-to-whistle, whistle, hard hockey, still in your face, still a pain in the fucking ass, but he's not doing things out after the whistle that cost his team and put him in the penalty box, and that is significant here as well. And again, I'll throw it to Alex and Kevin now here. The goaltending, what do you do? I mean, here's your options. Your options are a struggling Linus Allmark, who's right now in the biggest rut of his season at the worst time, or an ice-cold Jeremy Swayman, who's barely played a lick in this series and hasn't played in a long time, and all of a sudden you're throwing, who's still a relatively young kid, into the fire of a Game 7 with all the pressure on this historic season that the Bruins have had, and you're putting it on this kid's shoulders here, Swayman, who hasn't played very much. That's your decision if you're uh, Jim Montgomery now uh, here going into tomorrow. So... Um, good luck have, making that decision. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Alex, a crazy stuff last night in FLA. Yeah, it is. And you say it's not cut and dry what you do in game seven. It, it actually really is. You go with the goaltender who's not injured, and that's Jeremy Swayman. There's clearly something wrong with Linus Olmark. You can see this every time he drops down on the butterfly and gets back up. He's slow to – every goal that he gives up, he's basically on his stomach, and he's crawling to get back up. Uh, that's just a, a bad time. I don't know if it's a groin, if it's something with his, you know, abdominals. But something is up, and I understand you've had this wonderful season. Uh, you you want to be a warrior for your team, but at this point, you're hurting your team. Like you said, the fact that he's given up four more goals in three games of series, where he hadn't done that three times in the regular season, uh, you are not fit to play in this series right now, and you're about to ruin everything. Uh, 
let your team know that you can't play. You are not at 100% so they can make the right move and go with Jeremy Swayman because Swayman has been a capable goaltender. Yes, he doesn't have a wealth of experience, but did Linus Allmark have much playoff experience before this either? No. So, you know, at this point, go with your better goalie, your goalie who's not injured. You go with Jeremy Swayman because you need to win the series. Yeah, and uh, I, I, it, it, I wasn't totally 100% sure whether it was an injury situation, but you're right. Some of the things you're seeing from Allmark, you've not seen it all year out of him in, in just his movement in the crease. And, you know, you're right, slow to get up when he's, you know, got to crouch down and make a save. And and just th- those little hints that maybe indicate there's an injury that's, that's going on here uh, with Linus Allmark. And if that is indeed true, and we've got a guy that's maybe playing at less than 100%, even if it's just slightly less than 100% because of it in Allmark, then I think you're right, Alex, that makes the decision a lot easier for Game 7. you got to put the healthy goalie in, you know, and that's uh, Jeremy Swayman, even though he's young, even though he's now going to be thrown into the pressure cooker of the biggest game of this team's season. And if, what, if you lose it, it's a historic disappointment because this has been a historic season. So if you lose in game seven Sunday night at TD Garden and you put Swayman in, here's this poor kid. He's got to try to save a season and avoid it being a historic disappointment following a historic regular season. So, wow, it's, it would be such a pressure spot for Swayman if we do see him. But, you know, like I, like you said, Alex, if Allmark's injured even in the slightest, you, it, you, the decision might be made already for Montgomery that it might have to be uh, Jeremy Swayman. Uh, Kevin, uh, good to see you again. Uh, thoughts about the first two games? We talked already Islanders, Hurricanes as well, but that Panthers-Bruins game, man, uh, off the charts in terms of drama, tension, excitement, and uh, insanity. Yeah, I know. That, that was wild. Um, just to jump into that, what Alex was saying, like I, I agree. I noticed that earlier in the, the series as well. Like There's times Allmark would just take a while to get up or kind of get up slowly or get up awkwardly, and I was – looking to see if he's injured uh, early on. But my thought is if he was injured, you have the best backup in the league. Like, why was he not already in there? So, so that's why I can, that's why I just took it as, okay, he must not be injured, but there have been moments where I thought he was for sure. But if it was, I mean, I think, I think it's a no brainer that you would have already had swimming in there. Like he's like, you look at his numbers from the last three seasons. Like he's, he's a starter on any team in the league and a good starter. Yeah. So I, I don't know what's going on there. This is this actual decision. Um, if he is injured, obviously it's clear cut Swayman. He should have already been in there. If he's not injured, this is a tough one for me. I usually have a, like a clear cut opinion on these. This is, this is one where I'm actually stuck in the middle. Uh, one of the, one of the rare times I'm stuck in the middle where, yeah, I, I love Jeremy Swayman as a goalie. Um, I, I think it's a tough spot to throw him in, in cold. Um, I, I do like the angle of kind of switching up the, the momentum and, and giving Florida just a different a different look. Uh, but this is this is one of the tougher ones I can remember in, in recent memory is having to make a decision on uh, which guy you put in if he's healthy. If he's injured, it's, it's clear cut and, and Swayman's in there. I, I always refer back to the 2015 Stanley Cup final. Tampa Bay should have won that series against Chicago. I actually thought Tampa Bay was going to give the Hawks a run in that series, but we didn't know that Ben Bishop had literally torn his groin off the muscle, off the bone rather, and was playing through it. And it made no sense. And he literally cost them that series. He made made a play, got ran over by his own teammate, led to a goal, 
And that was what was finally the the end all be all to get him pulled out of that series. But you can't be. I, I understand the warrior mentality in playoff hockey. I get it. But when you're a goaltender, you're so important. You can't risk that. You know. And, and I get that's a different situation because the backup there in Tampa was not nearly as good. Like I said, it's even easier now. You have the best backup in the league, as you just said. So why even complicate this? Like this, this is, it's insane, especially in the first round. I can see we were talking about, you got all the way and here we are in the cup final. And this is the guy that you rode with. Then, okay. You know, live and die with, with your number one guy. That I, I, I would understand that go out on your sword, but in the first round, when you have a capable backup, this makes no sense. And it, it's, it's idiocy. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate because it's uh, like I say, Jim Montgomery's done a lot of good things this year. And if there's even, if this is even true that he's, and it, we kind of think it might be that he's playing hurt all Mark and he's starting, even though he's hurt, it's, it's a terrible coaching move to do that. Uh, and especially not getting Swayman in there before game seven, if they indeed go to Swayman game seven and all Mark's, battling something why the hell wasn't Swayman in game five and in game six if he's been battling something who knows how long he's been battling something injury wise we don't know I mean so it's just very very they've, they've they basically backed themselves into a corner here and Jim Montgomery's been part of that with how he's handled this uh, so far so uh, unbelievable tension is going to be in that building because this would be just um in, you know everyone's top focusing on the Leafs problems and their you know collapses in that this would maybe top a lot of the Leaf collapses, you know, if the Bruins lose this series, just based on how incredible their regular season was. One of the best of all time. One of the best teams of all time uh, in the regular season. And here we are talking about they may not even get out of the first round. Uh, unbelievable stuff going on uh, with the Bruins and Panthers. Uh, the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it was uh, over for the Minnesota Wild last night. You could tell right away. Uh, that was not going to be their night. Uh, they were dominated early. Dallas was controlling the play. They got the first goal, courtesy of Rope Hints, and they really did not look back from there. Uh, commanding victory, four to one. And Minnesota got a little in, made it a little interesting when they got it to three one, but they never felt like they were truly going to make their way back uh, in that game. It was another solid performance. I thought they played their best game of the series, Dallas, because they were in control. The shots were, I think, twenty seven to thirteen. You know, at one point. Uh, they were in complete control. They had the puck most of the night. Again, their top players were all very good uh, for the uh, Stars. And I took a couple of shots, swings for the fences with some bargain bin goal scorer props for Dallas last night. And they both came through for me. Wyatt Johnston, the 19-year-old rookie, what was he, plus 425 to score a goal last night? I was on that. I saw that Mason Marchment scored the game before. And I said, you know what? He's a streaky scorer. Maybe he hits, finds the back of the net here tonight in Minnesota as well. And sure enough, he scores what ended up being the back-breaking goal for the Minnesota Wild. Right at the end of the second period on a breakaway, beats the uh, buzzer, beats uh, Philip Gustafson for the 3-0 goal, which put that game in that series away. Plus 500 I was able to find with Mason Marchment to score last night. So uh, that, that game was good to me from a prop standpoint uh, for the uh, most part. And uh, congrats to the Dallas Stars, who I think are a real threat to come out of the West. You could say that about a bunch of teams. You could say that about the Edmonton L.A. winner. You could say that about Vegas, as long as Laurent Brossois doesn't fall apart. And you can definitely say that about Dallas. Uh, they can absolutely come out of the Western Conference. Uh, a great series win. More disappointment for Minnesota. And I said this on Twitter as well. Everyone's focused on the Leafs and laughing at the Leafs, you know, about all their failures in the first round uh, for the last decade. Not a soul, or at least not many, a smidget of the percentage are talking about what Minnesota's been doing 
in the first round, which is basically almost as bad. They have now lost eight, count them up, eight consecutive first-round playoff series, the Minnesota Wild. They're a 5-14 team in their last 19 home playoff games at XL Energy Center, which is supposed to be this great home ice advantage. The state of hockey, you know, all these great Wild fans, loud, cheering them on, and they've won five of their last 19 home playoff games. So, you know, there, there's problems with this franchise in terms of clutching up, you know, and not uh, – you talk about all the leaf gag jobs and choke jobs and collapses. What about some of these Minnesota collapses? You know, how many times have we seen them up 2-1 in a series and then just get ripped apart the rest of the series after that? Not very good. And uh, look, if you're aware, if you if you keep track of what's going on with uh, all of our Twitter accounts, you know, you know, there's some fans that take things, you know, very difficult when their team gets knocked out uh, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a reminder to everybody. And I'm, Alex is going to uh, expand on this in just a moment. This is sport. This is a game. OK, we love our teams. And, you know, I, I'm not so much as big a Sabre fan as I know some other Fans are their teams. Like I'm, I'm, I still cheer for the Sabers, want them to do well. But I am not living and dying with every fucking game or everything the Sabers do or don't do. Okay, I'm not. We have to learn to put things in proper perspective uh, right now. We love our, you know, a lot of people love their teams, but it it doesn't supersede, you know, life situations. Okay, remember that this is not going to change and alter your life drastically. You know, are the Minnesota Wild you know, losing or winning a playoff series or the Toronto Maple Leafs losing or winning a playoff series. And this goes for Leaf fans too, because I know a fucking bunch of them uh, and all the uh, shit they go through and how they always swear whenever they lose, I'm done with this team. My, my life sucks now. No, your life's fine. Okay. This is a, this is a sport. Okay. This is, this is, this is hockey. This is not life. Okay. You didn't lose, you know, a member of your family. Nobody died. Okay. There's nobody going through a major medical scare that you know personally, a friend or a family member. You know, you, you talk about how, you know, you get frazzled and you get all upset uh, and, and you really get depressed. And I know when your sports team loses, you can feel that way. But put things in perspective. You know what gets me truly depressed? Someone close to me passes away. That's what gets me truly depressed. Someone's going through a tough time or they're having an addiction or some kind of personal problem. You know, and they're maybe, you know, and their life maybe for them is spiraling out of control personally. That's stuff that matters to me. That's stuff that gets me upset. Some dopey hockey team and a bunch of millionaires losing. No, I'm never going to get that bent out of shape. I'll be upset, but it's never going to put me in a spot where I'm going to just lose it mentally or emotionally over it. So keep things in perspective. We love hockey. We all want to cheer for our favorite team. But this is there's a bit bigger things than hockey uh, in life. Nobody died. Remember that. Nobody died, even when your f favorite team loses. Uh, Alex, but uh, congrats to Minis uh, to Dallas. Congrats to you. My gosh, you nailed that series. Uh, Dallas in six. Dallas to win the series. Uh, uh, Dallas last night on the money line, which I was on. So obviously a great result for you. And uh, clearly I could tell on Twitter last night it was a great result for you. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let, let's start with what you uh, expanded on at the end of there. You know, it, it's it's tough. When I got into this industry, I got a lot of flack. And Ian, you can you could you know comment on this too. I got a lot of flack from a lot of the veteran handicappers and gamblers of the world because I wore my fandom on my sleeve. I'm a Blackhawks fan. I'm a White Sox fan. 
I'm a Bears fan. I'm a Wolves fan. I'm a Bulls fan to the end of, end of time. And But I understood that I had to separate that from my betting. You know, those two things can't really clash together. And if they do, the thing I've always tried to expound on is use that as a weapon and a strength. If you watch this team every day, then, yeah, you should be able to probably bet a little bit better, in my opinion. Now, I, I, I know other people say otherwise, but I believe you should be able to pinpoint with that team truthfully more than any other team because you follow it. But at the same time, I tend to forget that most people tend to have rose-colored glasses on when rooting for their teams, right? They want to be fans. They want to get lost in the moment and swept up. And I understand that, too, because I've been there. But you have to kind of keep those things separate. And at this time of year, it's difficult. You know, I, we joke about the Graham code and me smoking my vape or whatever. But, you know, this is something that really helped me in the last couple of years with my betting and just my general anxiety. And this is tense time. If you're rooting for a team and also betting your hard-earned money on these games, this can be a very trying thing for you mentally. And, it, and, and some people handle it better than others. And you have to kind of assess things at times and sit back and say, maybe I shouldn't, you know, bet on my team. I don't bet baseball for that reason. I can't bet against the White Sox or bet on the Cubs. I could never do that. But if I want to do that and take it as seriously as I do every other sport, I would have to do that and make that choice. So I chose not to bet baseball at all. It's a difficult decision. Cost me financially in a way. But I had to make that choice. I had to live with myself and be able to sleep at night. And so you have to do those things. If you're a better, that is a fan. So I just wanted to kind of give that PSA. As far as the series goes, it was fucking tremendous. I had a blast watching that game last night. Dallas Stars, except finally wrapping things up in six games. I had Dallas to win 4-2. I had the series to go six games. I had Dallas in the series minus 140. I grabbed a little piece of it when they were down 2-1 at plus 150. I had the game money line last night. I pushed on the over two in the third period. So it was beautiful. And, I mean, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Minnesota struggling to get out of the first round. I talk about killer instinct at this time all the time. You saw a clear-cut case of one team having killer instinct and one team simply not. Dallas Stars have killer instinct, and that's huge right now because we're seeing – doesn't seem like a lot of these great teams have it. Toronto still doesn't have it. I don't know if Boston has it. doesn't seem like they do, but – Dallas has that finishing ability. They have a hot goaltender who can lock down the fortress when needed. They have a bunch of guys who can step up and score. Like I said, it's not just Robertson and Sagan. It's the Mason Marchments uh, of the world, the Wyatt Johnsons of the world. You know, and when you have everything flowing and you have a, a wild team that's been jaded and a crowd that's been jaded. And what I say, I said they need that early goal to take the crowd out of it. The crowd stayed tough. I'll give, I'll give the XL fans credit for staying tough after that first goal and even after the second goal. But that buzzer beater toward the second period is what took all the air out of that building, and that was – Oh, it was a church know, in the third period, yeah. It was a mausoleum, and you, you could hear a pin drop. And the fact that you saw no urgency from Minnesota on the ice for a good five, ten minutes to start that third period let you know this thing was over. And so yeah. kudos to Dallas, did what needed to be done. Now they can rest up and uh, get ready for the second round series. Yeah, there's no question. That was definitely a great um, third great third period on the road, closing out a series. Did you see the T2? And I watched much of that third period. You're seeing Ben Sagan, some of the forwards, defensemen, you know, Haskinen. You're seeing Foxa, I remember. He, just diving to get pucks out of the zone. 
when they had that lead. I mean, that's the kind of effort that wins in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, and that was definitely a great thing to see. Uh, and like I say, I think Dallas is definitely um, a dangerous team moving forward. There's no doubt. And yeah, for Minnesota, the whole sports scene there, man, more misery. Uh, it just never ends. Uh, Kevin, uh, Dallas moving on. How impressed were you by them? Yeah, they got stronger and stronger as the series went on. Um, Ottinger is, uh, yeah, starting to look like a force to be reckoned with here. The rest of the playoffs, he he, he really uh, kind of took over the last last few games. Um, I think Minnesota looks back. You know, they, they kind of gave away game two there. Um, but I, I don't know if it would have made a difference. I think even if Gustafson was in there in game two, I think Dallas was just at the end too strong. I think they had the depth. Um, you know, you add, add those extra guys at the trade deadline. I think it was just overall the just too much depth uh, versus Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota could afford to have, you know, Erickson Eck out of the lineup, just, you know, not enough depth on, on their lineup. And, uh, you know, it did a lot of unders in the series. That's kind of what I what I was looking for uh, with that goaltending matchup. So that, that kind of stayed true for me. I didn't bet many uh, or any, any money lines. I was just kind of betting the unders and, and betting for the goalies. And uh, you know, Ottinger ended up being the the better of, of the of the three goalies that played. Um, but yeah, I know Dallas impressed me. They're they're better than expected. Um, and Ian, just to go just go back to your point about cheering for sports sports, I always think of the uh, Jerry Seinfeld stand up where he's talking about how it's hard to justify for the cheer for sports teams to get so engaged because you know you have one guy get traded, and as soon as a guy gets traded, you're like the fans are like, boo, like we hate that guy. And he's like, wait a minute. Like you're just, you just love that human being. Like when he was in a different, different shirt. And really at the end yeah. of the day, you're just, he's you like, you're him. just, you're just, yeah. you're just cheering for clothes. He's yeah. like, you're cheering for your city's clothes versus the other team's clothes. Yeah. And that's, that's all it comes down to is you're, you're cheering for a, a colored shirt. Um, but I, I always laugh at that, that joke. And that, that kind of keeps things in perspective for me. But, That's uh, essentially true because, yeah. you know, the, the, the parts yeah. always change. The players yeah, the always human beings change. Don't matter. Yeah, the participants they, always change. Yeah. As soon as the, the human being changes teams, yeah. you're, you hate that guy. Yeah. You know, a guy I just loved for, you know, five, Seven yeah, years, you're not so. investing in the human beings. You're investing. No, you're investing in the, in the clothes. And yeah. the clothes. Well, that's the, but that's yeah. what they say. What, what do they say in, in, in soccer in England? They say for club and for country. You know, and no. so that's the thing. You root for your club. And, and of course, that's a little bit more deeper because things there are, you know, based not just by city, but almost by neighborhood and region. So you have that's almost that college football kind of mentality of, you know, your area uh, sort of thing. But it, it's it's interesting, Kevin. I kind of wanted to, to hear your take on that, because as a former player, and I'm sure obviously you have a completely different perspective. Like you said, you're bouncing around from from place to place. You have your career. And you care about your teammates at that given time, but you have to make that adjustment because you could be moved at any given point. So, you know, it, it's interesting to hear, you know, how you feel as now being out of the game as a player and being a fan of the game. Like, you know, how do you balance that kind of, uh, you know, position? Yeah, it, it, it changed a lot. Like I can remember being as a kid, just sitting right in front of the TV and hooting and hollering when the Montreal Canadiens would score. And just being, you know, just so into it. Um, you know, I can even remember the the run they had with with Halak and that. Um, you know, like like things like like that, and, and being upset when they put Carey Price in that over over Halak at the time uh, when Halak was on the great run. And then once once I got to an age where I started 
playing with guys who started making the NHL, you know, like once, you know, I have a former teammate playing against Montreal, mm. like, what am I, what am I doing to cheer for Montreal? You know, like right. it, it didn't make sense anymore. And it, it started becoming against the guys that either I, I knew or, or played with, or I just liked them as a, a certain talent in the league, like, like the best goalies I liked. Um, you know, I still have relationships through players I coach or, mm. or, or other coaches coach them or just things you, you start to know once you're in the industry, you start to know human beings. And and for me, it's about that. And right. uh, a diehard of a Montreal fan as I was growing up to me to sit and watch a game. I'm sure I could bandwagon with them if they get into the third round, but other than that, I'm not, I'm not a, I can't sit there and cheer for them. I'm, I'm rooting for the, the human beings that are on different teams. And uh, like last night, a guy, a local guy, uh, I mean, we got a couple of local guys at Brantford, uh, Brandon Montour and Zach Delby on uh, on Florida okay. there. But then, yeah. Yep. How about Delby scoring? How about how yeah. amazing so, was that? So Delby score, like I love seeing that. Um, I mean, Mark Stahl I played with on on Florida as well. I played with Nick Fleen on Boston. So really, you're just rooting for people, and it's and it's hard to root for an actual team kind of kind of since then. So that's really changed for me over time. And I think, and I think fans forget that too. You know, we don't know these players as fans. You know what I'm saying? We we know them closer, like I said, because we have this position. But the general fan, you know, could be sitting right next to a former player and never know it. So you know, it's, and and that's the thing. It's like you know, people have to understand that there are different ways to consume sports. And you know, I think people just kind of get wrapped up in the way that they do things, and they don't see it from other people's perspective. I mean, we say it about anything in life, right? But I think even something as you know simple as watching a sporting event, it, we're all looking at it through different eyes and different lenses, and we have one million different you know ways that we're viewing that particular sporting event at that given time. Yeah, I remember one one time being at a was back in the day as Vancouver Canucks versus St. Louis Blues game. It was a playoff game in St. Louis. And uh, my, my buddy knew, I think, I think Bur- Burroughs on uh, Vancouver. And we're just walking the concourse and there was a guy with a St. Louis jersey on. I think he had a, he had a Perron shirt on or maybe a Braden Shen. Like he definitely had a, a player who was Canadian. Yeah. And he's just going around chanting, oh, Canada sucks. Canada sucks. And my buddy's like, "Hey, that jersey you're wearing, that player, he's Canadian." You realize that? And the oh. guy was just like, "Oh, like he's kind of like it's ridiculous." Like, yeah, I heard it in Tampa during the Leafs Lightning series earlier in this round, a few nights ago in Tampa. One of the games in Tampa, USA, USA. Yeah, you realize Stamkos is Canadian, right? Yeah, your captain Brady points Canadian, right? Your captain's Canadian. Kucherov and Vasilevsky are Russian. Your yeah, best so. players are Russian. Yeah. <laughs> You realize that, right? When you chant that shit, USA, USA. I get it. Your team's USA, but many of yeah. your players are Canadian, man. I mean, yeah. so cut it out with that nonsense. I'll never get that. I'll never yeah. understand that. I've heard it with Raptors versus Knicks in New York. They start chanting USA in basketball. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous. But you know what's funny totally about absurd. that, right? The funniest thing about yeah. that is, is every time you hear about the whole, well, you know, a Canadian team hasn't won a, a Stanley Cup in 30 years. That's usually perpetuated by Canadians. Like I never heard that whole thing growing up until basically yeah. being in handicapping and hearing Canadians mention that. Like, 
Yeah. It's like, okay, well, there's only a few teams that are in Canada, so that would make sense. That would take a while, potentially, for a Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup. I never we are thought outnumbered of it, but... by U.S. teams in the NHL. Right. I hope people realize so that. So I always, I always used to just throw it back because I just thought it was funny because people would just be up in arms about it. Like I said, half the damn league's Canadian players. So what, is, what does it really matter at that point? But, you know, people like – and like I said, that goes into a whole thing about national pride and you can start talking about the Olympics and everybody knows how I feel about that whole thing, so – now we all know Randy uh, uh, for for Alex P. Smith rants about Randy Hahn for you know to make up for all of us uh, on this show. You know he he basically ca- carries the mantle. Uh, he he does well enough on his own r- ripping on Randy Hahn. Uh, you know for all of us, but I will say one thing that kind of drove me nuts listening to Randy Hahn last night. And I, it's the one thing about him, and this didn't this is not just him because I've heard actually other broadcasters do this, and it's a pet peeve. It, it's not that difficult to to get this right. Do not call Wyatt Johnston Wyatt Johnson. It's a very, very simple thing to correct. And he said all night long, Randy Hahn, Wyatt Johnson, Wyatt Johnson, Johnson, Johnson. There is a T in there, right? There's a T in that last name. Johnston. Johnston. Now, I know sometimes when you say it quickly, it'll sound like Johnson, you know, but, you know, if you say it quickly, like Wyatt Johnston. And maybe the T is not enunciated, but it, it drives me nuts when I hear Johnson for a guy when it's Johnston. And I heard that all night long. So it's just uh, something that drove me nuts uh, regarding yeah. uh, listening to that last night for sure. <laughs> um, what didn't drove uh, what a uh, group of people that weren't driven nuts last night uh, were not one of my better segues, but one of the group of people that weren't driven nuts last night were the Colorado Avalanche fans. Man, they saw their team step up in a big way last night. Um, hey, that's what you wanted to see in a spot like that, facing elimination, you know, a team that is uh, trying to obviously uh, repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Uh, they are trying to obviously uh, end up, uh, you know, surviving here in the first round. You wanted to see what kind of fight they had still in them down 3-2 in Seattle, a loud building trying to close out their playoff series and win for the first time a playoff series in franchise history. And what we saw from Colorado was a great response. Everybody had a good game. McCarr was good in his return from the one-game suspension. McKinnon and Rantanen doing their usual thing. Georgiev locked it down. They played a great team defensive effort. They limited Seattle's chances, shots on goal. Seattle didn't have the puck for much of that game last night. Just a great clinical effort from Colorado. And uh, certainly now uh, they are in a position where they could certainly uh, win this series still going back home, obviously, for uh, Game 7 coming up tomorrow night. But uh, that was just a great team performance, no question by the Colorado Avalanche and a sign that even with them having their hands full and struggling for much of this series with the Seattle Kraken, there's still the pulse of a defending champion in that team. And we saw that last night. And now we got game seven on Sunday night in Denver, Alex, the champs uh, not dead yet. They stay alive. Yeah. And and they showed the resolve and resilience that they needed to uh, stick around in this series. And, And this is going to be a very compelling game seven because just don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I obviously I think everyone's gut reaction would be to trust the defending champions to win in this big of a spot. But also, Seattle can play free with nothing to lose. I mean, no one was giving them a chance to to be in this series or, or potentially win this series. So uh, they're kind of playing with house money. I think if they take that kind of mentality into this game, I think they'll play well and, and find a way potentially to win it. So I really don't know what I'm going to do as far as betting goes with this one. It's just going to be a fun one to watch for sure. One thing you know is that they have had no issue winning in Denver 
Seattle, and they've been a great road team all year. So I'm very fascinated to see if the uh, road success carries over uh, to Game Seven. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's it seems like Colorado. It's 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 theirs for the taking now, going back home for Game Seven. But this resolve of this feisty Seattle team, you know, never say never. Uh, Kevin, uh, what do you think there? That series going to Game Seven? Yeah, I think finally their their second third third line kind of woke up and, and gave some energy to to the team. Um, I agree. I feel the best like the, performance from the bottom six all series by Colorado. Yeah, I feel like the other games have just been that that top line versus Seattle. You know, could the top line outscore the rest of the the Seattle team? And it just just wasn't enough. So that, that was the first game where I saw like the yeah the bottom six kind of step up, give some energy, give some support, and some better play. So. I think game game seven. I mean, you gotta you gotta give the edge to the stars for sure. You know, the stars in the league of, of McKinnon, Rantanen, and, and McCarr. Um, but I think if they get that support again from from the rest of the lineup, you know, just just that energy and you know, just play even hockey. You just you know, if the score goals, just don't get scored against. I think uh, I think it's theirs for the taking. Um, just one other thought, not not to keep going back to it, but that just on Ian's comment about cheering, how invested you get. Uh, and I was saying I kind of cheer more for more for players. I actually miss having that pure like joy for a team, you know that that excitement. Um, I, I would watch I would watch hockey games with my girlfriend, and she would hate it because she's like, "You're cheering for a player to get three shots on net." And she's like, "You don't even care the outcome." Like I can't. She's like, "I can't watch this game with you." Like it's not. <laughs> you're not cheering. Welcome to life of yep. a, being with a better. Yeah. So yep. suck it up, Buttercup. She's like, That's "You're not." Say, yeah. She's like, "You're not even excited when." Like we were watching Montreal Toronto back in the playoffs. She's like, she's like, you don't even get excited when Montreal scores. Like, what's what's wrong with you? You know. So, I actually miss having that pure, pure, pure enjoyment. So, I'm definitely saying don't don't have it, don't not have that. You know, you're saying don't don't go too far into it. And yeah. uh, for me, for me personally, I'm in the you know just watching certain players play. But I do miss that having that pure excitement and and being along for the ride. And so, that, if you if you have it, you know. Good, 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 good for you. Just like Ian said, don't let you get, don't get carried away on it. So, and I, I've suggested it. I know I, I brought it up earlier in the season. Sometimes taking a night off to just watch games, like like planning in uh, in advance, seeing the schedule, say, you know what, there's four games here. I don't really like any of these teams in current form. I'm just gonna watch these games. I think that's a great reset to do during the regular season. If you do it two, three times in a, in a year with all the hockey we watch, it's it's not the be- the worst thing to uh, just kind of reset and refocus with and just be a fan for a night. Yeah, exactly. It's just to take it easy. It's like life will move on with even though you, for you, even if you like, well, when will your team winning a Stanley Cup put money in your pocket? Will it take care of your family? You know, will it, you know, will it take care of some of the most important things and elements of your life personally? No. So remember that. Always remember that when it comes to cheering for a team. Uh, all right. Speaking of uh, cheering, we're going to cheer for some winning bets tonight on the Saturday card. Three game sixes. Let's get into them. It's time. To start with Toronto and Tampa Bay, even money, minus 110 both sides, six and a half the total here. Leafs with a second chance to eliminate the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Do I have any faith they will actually do so? Hell no. Uh, going into uh, tonight's game. Um, I, I, I'm What I'm going to do here, though, is I, what I do like in this game is Tampa Bay early. Uh, because the one thing we have seen consistently here in this series is Toronto's been outplayed early in the game. And and for some reason, especially the last few games, even game five in Toronto, 
Toronto scored first. That was against the run of play. That goal for Morgan Riley to open the scoring in game five, that one came against the, the run of the play, the flow. Tampa Bay was all over t- uh, Toronto in the first six, seven minutes of that game. And then the Riley goal occurred. You know, And for some reason, Toronto has had bad starts. They've lost the opening face-off. I heard that yesterday. I think they've lost the opening face-off in every game of this series. Tampa Bay's just had the puck early. Uh, and they just have seemed to have been taking a while to get into the game, the Leafs. And it's been repeated. It was certainly that way in Game 3 and in Game 4 uh, in uh, Tampa Bay as well. So, you know, when I look at this matchup here tonight in Game 6, I mean, the one consistent has been, uh, even in the games that Toronto won, in Tampa Bay, Game 3 and Game 4, and obviously we know the Leafs are 2-0 and down in Tampa Bay in this series, is that they've had rough starts. And I think Tampa Bay, with the momentum, with them still being the team that's got their backs against the wall facing elimination tonight, they have a good start against a Toronto team that's not played great hockey, their best hockey in the first 20 minutes. So I am on Tampa in the first period, minus 108. You could even go Tampa first goal. Uh, you could Maybe that's an option if you like it. Um, as far as the uh, total goes, we did see the first period over hit easily once again in game five. Um, I'm going to go back to that well again. Um, I don't know about the full game over, though, because we finally did see under uh, come through in the first elimination game of this series uh, in game five. And we noted last year when they met in the playoffs, it was over, 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 over until we got to game six, which was the first elimination game of the series. And then the last two games went under the two elimination games in game six and game seven last year. Uh, in that uh, Leafs Lightning series. So I definitely like the first period over again. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, And you can get that at uh, a pretty good price here. And I like the third period over. So what I'm going to do, and that's that cashed as well, by the way, uh, in game five. So rather than the full game over, I'm throwing that bet away. And I'm going to go with the first period over, which is cashed in all five games in this series, as well as the third period over, as usual, with it being a playoff elimination game. Although I will note, we're only batting 500 right now uh, with the third period overs here in these elimination games. So it hasn't been the greatest start, but we're sticking to it, you know, Uh, and if we really see the results continue to be underwhelming uh, with it, then we'll maybe pivot at some point, but it's too early to do that uh, right now. So I like first period over third period over. uh, And let me check it again, our good book bet rivers, which to me has turned into the best book. As far as I'm concerned with betting these third period overs, uh, I'm definitely uh, looking at that book. It's been great for uh, third period uh, over bets. And again, you can get uh, a little bit of a better price there uh, with that. We're looking at over two minus 138 at uh, Bet Rivers, which is still a better price to lay than a lot of other uh, shops when it comes to that uh, third period over. And then quickly, as far as the prop market goes, and uh, like I say, this is uh, definitely the time of year where I think in these elimination games, what we're finding out, too, is be careful with the goal props and the point props. I mean, goals might be a little bit harder to come by uh, in these elimination games. But as far as this game goes tonight, I think you look at all the big guns to step up and fire the puck. You know, Marner, Matthews, Stamkos, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov. I think any of those guys' shot props are good looks tonight uh, in this hockey game, in this pivotal game six. So, uh, those would be props I would be interested in as far as uh, shots on goal going into this game tonight. Uh, and uh, definitely uh, interested in that. And uh, maybe some, maybe a saves prop as well for um, Sor- uh, not Sorokin, Samsonov, getting my Russian goalies mixed up. But Samsonov, I think over saves might be worth a look. Because again, I, I trust Tampa to carry the play. Tampa's been a consistently, has been consistently out shooting Toronto here. Uh, in recent games with higher shot volume. I know the Samsonov saves prop 
overcashed in game five. Uh, and I think it's probably got a decent chance to cash here again uh, in game six. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Game six, Leafs, Lightning. So I took a unit and split it and played two things. I laid $1.10 with the Lightning to win this game. And I took plus 340, actually, for Lightning to win the series. Uh, it just makes total sense right now. If you like Tampa Bay, you should have some kind of series price in your pocket because they win this. They're going to be heavy favorites, probably in the neighborhood of $1.30, $1.35, and you'll probably see more money coming in before puck drop uh, if this goes to a seventh game. So I highly recommend that if you like Tampa Bay. Even if, if you feel like Toronto or you have some Toronto in your pocket, um, you could always take a, a shot with that and make it a, a slight hedge as well because – like I said, we're just going off of what we've seen, right, in the last two decades, just Toronto not having the ability to close. And like I said, I still don't trust in Tampa Bay, but I trust in Andre Vasilevsky with the way that he has rounded into form and, and gotten sharper as the series goes on, and that's something that he does. You know, in elimination games, he stands tall. That's why he is the best goaltender in the world right now. And uh, you're essentially making these bets on Andre Vasilevsky, and that's fine. I'll lay a dollar ten that Vasilevsky can steal me one game, and plus three hundred that he steals me two. That that that's fair value there. So those are the plays I'm riding with. Lightning to win this one tonight. Lightning to win the series plus three forty. Yeah, as if zero and eleven. By the way, that's another reason I'm not on Toronto tonight. How can I? How can I look at myself in the mirror and say, yeah, let's bet Toronto zero and eleven in the last eleven games in a playoff series clinching game with a chance to eliminate their opponent. They're zero and eleven since 2013 oh and 10 with just this core four alone austin matthews mitch marner john Tavares, william nylander oh and 10 just those four guys alone are oh and 10 you know in these closeout games so but i like tampa especially early because again they've just had the jump um and that's the scariest part about toronto and the for the leaf fan going into this game tonight it's not all the failures of the last decade in the first round it's that andre vasilevsky for the first time this series in game five, and we'll get Kevin's thoughts on this here, he looked like Vasilevsky last year. You know, Con Smythe Vasilevsky, playoff MVP Vasilevsky, best goalie in the world Vasilevsky. He looked it in game five for the first time in this series. That breakaway stop he made on Mitch Marner, he didn't even flinch. He stood upright and he's like, you're not scoring on me, you little twerp. And he's like, bam, you know, just... St stood his ground and, and made it look easy. It looked like it was routine, easy save. And that's not easy with a guy as skilled as Mitch Marner coming in on you for a breakaway. That told me right there, wow, that's the that's Vasilevsky I remember you know, on top of his game. And if he plays like that again tonight and the rest of this series, man, this job to close this thing out got a whole lot tougher for the Toronto Maple Leafs, if that's the case. Uh, Kevin, what do you think here tonight? Game six, Toronto-Tampa. Yeah, I'm excited this series is still going. Uh, this is this is one for me. I get the most most fired up about just because the the storyline is is so crazy with uh, with Toronto here the last last few years. Um, for me, it was in the first period. Some will say Veselowski made where that was the turning point for me, where I, I jumped on some live bets with you know Toronto goal scoring under. Uh, I took Tampa in that game. For, yeah, for me, as soon as I saw him make a couple couple of those huge saves, I said, okay, he's he's dialed in. Like this is. This is the guy we've been waiting for. And then from, yeah, the past history, the last few years, like we now expect it the rest of the series. We expect that's what Toronto's going to have to deal with. Um, you know, it, it's it's no more of them just coasting through a game and, and stealing it late. Like they're going to have to step up huge, something they haven't done with this group in, in playoffs. 
and uh, it's 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 fun entertainment. You know, this, this is why we love it. This is why we, we want to see it. Um, props for me are, are becoming a little bit a little bit tricky right now. This, these elimination games. Um, I'm gonna probably I kind of like to stay in the in the live betting a little bit. These these playoff games, kind of see see how the games go and try and get a vibe for it. Um, I am gonna jump on my favorite new bet though is that first first team to five shots. So I'm gonna keep keep jumping on those prices. Um, Two great calls with Florida and Seattle when you were on with us earlier this week. Yep. Yeah, I was pretty pretty excited about those. Um, Toronto, there's one. It's first to five shots plus one thirty. So again, I like I like Tampa Bay early, but for that price, do I think Toronto can put five five pucks on that before Tampa? I do. Um, that is in the first. It does have to be in the first ten minutes though. So you get a bumped up price if it's in the first ten minutes. Uh, but again, that's just a price that I, I can't turn down. I think you know Toronto can easily come out and uh, and throw five five pucks on that here just to try and you know get get their team going uh, some some kind of pushback. Uh, but I, I do like Tampa here. I, I like them at the start of the series in seven. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to stick with them. I haven't locked anything anything in yet as far as on the money line or if I'm if I'm doing what Alex did and, and actually put something on the series at this point on that price. Um, but it's it's that same old story until until Toronto proves it that they're different and until Tampa Bay proves that they're different, then I'm sticking with Tampa Bay to the claw these next two games out as well. There you go. Like you can only see, you can bet what you see, right? And you, all, all we've seen is Toronto just con- consistently fail in these spots. Uh, and we'll see if uh, things change moving forward. But uh, a big challenge ahead of them, obviously, now with this series 3 2. We'll see. You know, let's see what they're made of here tonight, this elite team. Let's see what the New York Rangers are made of. Man, what a turnaround we have seen in this series from game two when it was 2 0 Rangers and they won 5 1 in game one and in game two. And since then, it's like you're watching a totally different team. And now here they are tonight in game six, Rangers minus 130, home favorites, five and a half being the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, It'll be fascinating to see again uh, how this goes, what response we get from the Rangers. Uh, I know John Massey critical of Gerard Gallant not adjusting enough in this series game to game. While he's adjusting a little bit tonight, uh, it appears like we are going to see the uh, New York Rangers uh, make some lineup changes, just sh- shuffle their line combinations around a little bit. Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, Vladimir Tarasenko, now the uh, listed top line for them tonight. Alexi Lafreniere up to the second line with Vinny Trocek and Patrick Kane. Artemi Panarin, the bread man, down on the third line with Philip Hedl and Capo Caco. So some very interesting lineup changes here for the uh, Rangers, just in terms of their combinations being altered. So, you know, it's Jar Gallant looking for a spark, looking to give the Devils a different look. Uh, that is what he is, uh, you know, going to hope to inspire here uh, with some of these changes. The only thing that's been good about the Rangers in the last two games really is Igor Shesterkin, because without him, it could have been even worse, especially in both games and even in game five. Like, that score could have been worse if not for Igor Shesterkin. I thought he played a really strong game. No doubt for the uh, New York Rangers, but the Devils have the momentum. Now we're going to find out, though, this is a different kind of situation for the Devils. These young Devils, carefree, very, very enthusiastic, full of energy, great speed. They've improved so much defensively. They've got this young goalie playing uh, incredibly strong right now in Akira Schmid since they made that switch. But now it's a different kind of animal. It's one thing to win 
down 2-0, 2-1, 2-2. Even the 2-2 two, two series game, game five in Jersey to take the lead. Now it's a closeout game. Now you have the chance to eliminate your opponent. See what they can do with it. Um, I, I have I have lost so much faith and confidence in the Rangers and quite honestly, I lost enough money uh, on the Rangers here in this series in terms of individual games. And I've still got the series bet on the Rangers pending that I'm not adding more with the Rangers. There's no way I'm playing a buck 30 with the Rangers tonight. Not going to happen. But I'm not on New Jersey either. I want to see if they have the uh, temerity, you know, to step up uh, and end this series uh, and have the, uh, you know, put the foot on the throat of an opponent. Remember, there's a young group. And even though they've won both games in Madison Square Garden this year, you know, let's see if they've got that ability to just end it. Keep playing the way you have. Don't change things. You've been good defensively. You've shut down all the best Rangers players. Even Chris Kreider, who was killing you in the first two games, you figured out a way to neutralize him the last few games. So let's see what they've got in them. Uh, I like the third period over here. I like the draw uh, a little bit here as well. I'm going to definitely like the draw here. This definitely has that feel like we're due for an overtime game, especially after the Devils romped the Rangers in game five. I feel this is a tight game. Both games in New York in this series were pretty close. Uh, I think you're going to see that once again. Remember, one of them did go to overtime, the game three uh, game with Dougie Hamilton scoring the game winner, and game four almost went to overtime. So I like the draw, and I like the third period over. Uh, that's what I'm going to be looking at here as far as uh, uh, pregame bets, as far as the side and total goes. Uh, as far as uh, the um, prop market here, look, Dawson Mercer heating up, uh, you know, plus 110 to get a point. That's calling my name, it looks like. As soon as uh, I start to see him producing again, I become interested. Uh, I like Jack Hughes over shots on goal. Uh, Jack Hughes to score a goal, um, you know, because he's the guy that's been uh, consistently uh, getting it done here, recent games for the New Jersey Devils. So I definitely wouldn't mind that. You know, Eric Howla even. You know, if you want to go bargain bin with a goal prop, Eric Howla for the Devils has had a nice series for them. I wouldn't argue with something like that. And because of the fact you've got Vlad Tarasenko up on the top line now, and you've got Alexi Lafreniere up on the second line, again, those are situations that would point to some value on those two players as far as their props are concerned. So uh, definitely we'll keep an eye uh, on that. Uh, Kevin is going to have to leave us in a few minutes because I know he's got some stuff going on later today. Uh, so we thank him for joining us. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to Kevin next. He can give us his thoughts on Devils, Rangers, sides, totals, and props, and also the third game, the Oilers and the Kings, and give us a best bet as well on the way out. All right, so it's floor is yours, Kevin. Go ahead. Yeah, this is a team with the Rangers. Like it's just, it's disappointing with the talent they have they have in that lineup. Um, like if they're losing game six five right now, you'd say, well, okay, you know, like you know they got the offense, but they're just not not defending. But they're 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 getting shut out like two goals in your last three games. Like this is not, you know, when they picked up Tarasenko, they picked up Kane. Everyone's excited. Cause they're like, okay, we're going to see this hot, high, high octane offense and just see a ton of goals. So it's, uh, you know, credit, credit to the devils and, and to Schmidt coming in there and playing, you know, really, really good hockey right now. Um, he's just, yeah, as a, as a hockey fan, he, uh, someone that wants to see stars, you know, make good plays. Like you want, you want to see more here. Um, you want to see this team wake up and, and push it to seven here. And you just, you want to see a show. So I, I had the series going to seven. I think it, it still can go to seven. Um, I did have the Rangers um, in, in the series. So definitely one I thought was over after two games, you know, I think I thought 
think everyone thought this was over after two games and the, the devils have quietly just coming to nowhere here and uh turn turn the tables um tonight i mostly like my, my rundown will be pretty quick i don't have a lot of props here uh, i've mostly been playing a lot of, a lot of live bets here kind of the alex style um I am going to stick with my my favorite new bet here, though. Devils first to five shots in the first ten minutes plus one fifty. Like I I know they've had some slow starts here, uh, both teams as far as shots in, early in the games, but the Devils did put up forty three last game. That that price to me just jumps out off the page. So, uh, you know, give me the Devils the five shots plus one fifty. Um, after that, I'll I'll play some some live bets, but. As far as playing a price, like I, I'm not confident in the Rangers. I want to see the Rangers get it done. Yeah. As a fan, just to see some more hockey, and and that I do have them in seven, but I'm, I feel the same way, and I'm not, I'm not confident here. I'm, I'm pretty worried about them. Uh, like, their, their stars are sleeping right now. The next series here, L.A. Edmonton. Um, again, sticking on that new favorite bet, I got L.A. to first to five, in the first ten minutes, plus one forty. Um. You know, even if one one or two hills hit, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Those, those prices, so I'm profitable. I'm gonna keep keep playing those when I when I see them. Uh, you know, get a bit of a sample size how they're doing for me. But right now, I'm I'm jumping on those, and uh, it, it gets me fired up right for the first five minutes. So I'm I'm engaged watching watching. <laughs> and then and, you turn and, it off, right? It's like yeah. I don't need to watch the rest of this. And game. Making sure that and making sure that ticker on the shot clock, and make sure they're using it and, and they're putting it on. So. I'm uh, pretty engaged in the first first few minutes, so I've been enjoying those. Uh, my bet of the night, though, is, is Evan Bouchard one point. That's minus one thirty five. That's uh, that's that's been cashing in for me pretty well every every game here. Um, this has been his, his his coming out party. Like he he's looked really really good running that power play, and I, I expect him to get another point today. And uh, I expect Edmonton to get it done. Although I feel like everyone's been expecting that every game, and and LA's had pushback and I've had something to say about that. So I just look for another another good game. But uh, I feel pretty good. That's my my prop of the night is Evan Bouchard, one point minus 135. Yeah, you, you don't have to watch the next part of the show to know that I'll be on that once again. I've been touting that uh, Evan Bouchard uh, point prop for uh, the, this entire series, essentially. But, uh, yeah, that's a good best bet. And there it is, Kevin Beach with his uh, best bet. Evan Bouchard to get a point minus 135 for the Edmonton Oilers. That's a fascinating game six as well. And Alex and I will get to that in a moment. Uh, Kevin, great stuff. Uh, thanks for yeah. joining us. And uh, like I say, now that you're back home, if there's any uh, an extra day you want to join us during the week, uh, you let me know. And, of course, every Saturday moving forward, always good to have you on with us. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Best of luck today. And thanks for having me on. Good stuff. There he is, our resident goalie, Kevin Beach, right here uh, on the uh, ice, guys, uh, doing a great job as always. And, yeah, and great job by him mentioning those first to five shots on goal uh, bets. I mean, those – and he's been really good with those. So uh, when you – he mentions New Jersey and L.A. tonight for those first five – first to five shots on goal, maybe you take heed uh, and jump in on those uh, as well. But, uh, yeah, and someone mentioned uh, Andre Pilat. Yeah, I mean, Andre Pilat scores, of course. Now, lucky goal to start game five, but he still scored. He still got a point and he's a playoff performer. We know that from going, especially in the big games, like the important games, you know, the two, two game in the series, you know, a chance to eliminate an opponent tonight. 
wouldn't be a surprise at all to see Andre Pilat make an impact because that's what he did throughout his tenure with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in the uh, playoffs as well. Uh, Alex, uh, this is a, a, a stunning to see how this series has swung from the end of game two to where we are now. Uh, do the Rangers have another uh, day in them after tonight? I don't think so. The way that, that this series has shifted, all the momentum is in New Jersey's favor, and it's because of them playing well. It's not some fluke. It's not some injury. It's just New Jersey buckled down and played the hockey that they needed to play right off the bat, and it just took them, you know, two games to, to get that rolling. And, you know, Akira Schmid, like I said, uh, Schmid, keep getting that wrong, but Akira Schmid, as, as, you know, well as he played, it's what's going on in front of him that's changing this series. It's not even on the back end. It's, it's you know, the neutral zone play as well. The New Jersey Devils have been so active with their sticks and their positioning, and they're taking away passing lanes. It's not just in their own zone, but just when you're taking away two-thirds of the ice, I mean, you're going to beat anybody. And that's what they're doing. They're, they're not letting this Ranger team, with all the talent they have offensively, they're not letting them get set. They're not letting them get comfortable. And the Rangers are now discombobulated in their own ways, trying to, you know, juggle around this power play. And they can't get things rolling. And, and, and it, it's, you know, affected their offensive, you know, lines as well, just five-on-five play. So uh, at a plus price here, I'm taking a shot with New Jersey. Uh, I got plus 105. I see it now plus as high as plus 110. So obviously grab the the best price available that you can find. And uh, also like the second or the third period over two uh, at even money. And I was a little hesitant about this one because like I said, this is one of those where if the Rangers are leading, maybe we see things tighten up in that third period over probably doesn't cash in. We'll, we'll be hoping for a push, but if New Jersey's up and winning, I think that's when we see the Rangers really have to go balls to the wall, open up uh, everything. And we'll see goals back and forth. I don't know if it's going to be as crazy as what we saw at Boston, Florida, but we could definitely see uh, maybe three or four goals. If the Rangers are the team trailing heading in that third period. So uh, at, at even money, I'm going over two uh, in the third period, along with devils plus one five. All right. Devils uh, at the plus price. And also the bet that I'm on over th in the third period, over two at around even money for the uh, devils and the uh, Rangers. And like I said, I think Palat, I'll look at a prop with the point prop for him for the shots on goal. Like I said, Hughes is my favorite, but I, uh, I'd also look probably at uh, Timo Meyer as well. His shot volume is starting to increase later in this series on the Rangers side. Look, Mika Zibanejad did talk about having to trying to shoot the puck a little bit more, being more aggressive last game. And after one shot on goal in game four, Mika had three in game five and he went over two and a half. So look with your season on the line, I think he's got to be looking to shoot the puck here tonight. So, and the price with his uh, prop is not bad over two and a half minus one twelve, or minus one twenty eight, I should say at uh, bet rivers. So uh reasonable price there for Zibanejad. Uh, DJ Z-Bands uh, over two and a half shots. He's going to be going back to DJing after tonight if they lose this game, the uh, New York Rangers, is, if, he, if he's still doing that over the summer. I don't know. He did that in Ottawa over the summer during the offseason. Maybe he's going to do that now after tonight if the uh, Rangers get bounced by, by the uh, Devils uh, tonight in this game. Now, is there anything else I'm missing? Yeah, honorable mentions. Howla to get a point. Howla over shots on goal possibly as well. Here in this game, I wouldn't argue with maybe some of those looks. And like I said, because he's moving up the lineup, Tarasenko on the top line, maybe a point, a goal, a shots on goal over for Tarasenko, uh, which is a reasonable price here, two and a half at plus 130. Uh, and like I said, Lafreniere is the tricky one because we've seen in the past that Lafreniere doesn't always get that bump when he moves up the lineup. He doesn't always come through and produce when he gets that opportunity. So uh, the it's look, it's plus 600, man. 
that's very difficult to say, yeah, don't sprinkle on Alexi Lafreniere. Plus 600 when he's moving up to the second line tonight for the New York Rangers in a must-win spot, and he's still going to be on the number two power play unit for them as well. So might have to put a couple bucks on that just because of the value uh, given the situation where he is in the lineup. All right, great stuff. We've got one more game to go. Edmonton, LA. We'll get to that in a moment. A shout out to everyone watching on YouTube. 192 live viewers on YouTube on a Saturday. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. Shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We will be back to talk Edmonton, LA game six right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back, and it is time to talk about the final game of this, which should be a fun and exciting Saturday night game six trifecta, elimination game trifecta. I mean, the all three games I'm excited, including this one, uh, Oilers and Kings, uh, Oilers minus 170 on the road. Uh, I'm telling you what, the odds makers are really paying some respect to the Edmonton Oilers throughout this series. Um, it's pretty remarkable. To see them here, even though they had a great game five, they dominated the Kings. It was probably their best game and LA's worst game uh, of the series. But still to see them minus 170 uh, on the road. It's not like the Kings are chopped liver, uh, but here they are minus 170 road favorites and the total six and a half here uh, across the board. I mean, I, Oilers might close it out. It wouldn't shock me if they close it out. They look like they're getting stronger and better uh, as the series progresses. Uh, that was a thorough uh, beat down in game five. Um, have they solved Jonas Corpusalo? Maybe, you know, because he didn't have his be a, a great game. Although they came, they kept pouring it on in waves. It was wave after wave, shift after shift. The Edmonton Oilers were just too much for the Kings to handle defensively in their own zone. Um, uh, for the first time this series, it looked like they got overwhelmed, the Kings. Uh, and now we'll see if the Kings have a response in them. It is worth noting here with this L.A. team, they won in overtime in game three uh, against the Edmonton Oilers, and they probably should have won in game four in this building as well. Uh, they were up 3 nothing after the first period, and then we know what happened after that. Kings or Oilers come back, tie at 3-3. Three, three. Uh, it goes to overtime, 4-4, and then, of course, the Oilers get the Zach Hyman uh, game-winning goal in overtime uh, to take game four, and that's really what swung the series and Clearly, the Oilers rode that Game 4 overtime momentum right into Game 5 with what I thought was their best game of the series. And, uh, you know, what's very, very uh, great to see if you're an Oiler fan, and certainly if you're Jay Woodcroft, is that it's not just Connor and Leon at the party anymore. 
Evander Kane's off the schneid. He's been great the last couple of games. Zach Hyman off the schneid. All these guys you've been – that's why we said all the inc- increased, improved depth of the Oilers all year was because of Hyman and Kane and, you know, to a lesser extent, you know, Yamamoto. You know, what's funny is we're still waiting on the Nuge to really get going. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a guy that had 100 points this season for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. But, you know, the fact remains they're starting to get some of the other pieces to step up to help out Connor McDavid, to help out Leon Dreisaitl. And by the way, for the Oilers, I'm sure Alex will agree, and I know a lot of people are saying this, and I agree too. Connor's not been the best Oiler in this series. It's been Leon Dreisaitl. No question. Leon's been phenomenal. And I and there's people now starting to say that, yeah, Connor start to finish the body of work, regular season, the entirety of the season. Connor's the best player in the world and on this Oilers team. I think from a clutch in the big game and the playoff standpoint, can make an argument for Dreisaitl. I mean, this guy is, and, and with a warrior ch- mentality he showed last year, could barely move on the ice, could barely get to the bench, and there he is playing in the Colorado series still in that Western Conference final when they finally bowed out last year. I mean, Dreisaitl is right there right now with McDavid, and in fact, there is an argument maybe to be made that in the playoffs, he clutches up even more than number 97 does for the uh, Edmonton Oilers, so uh, he's been spectacular to watch. Big body, great hands, great vision, incredible shot. All the things you want. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is bringing it. Uh, a horse indeed. And the chat is uh, paying their respect to Leon Dreisaitl right now as well. Shields the puck when he has it. You know, exactly. She uses that big frame to create the time and space he needs uh, with the uh, puck in the offensive zone. So it's been great to see. Um, this is a tough game. I'm going to just look at the draw. I don't like, I think Edmonton could, cl- could close it out, but I don't want to sell the Kings short. I'll tell you what, if I were to bet the side, I'd be, I'd still be deferring a little bit to LA because of the price, you know, because I, I do I feel confident that LA can win game six tonight after what we saw from the Oilers in game five? No, but I know we will get a pushback from the Kings. Okay. They're, they've been too good all season. It's still a very solid, well-coached hockey team. You don't, the leaders like Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty, you know, are not going to let this team go quietly into the night. They've still got game breakers, you know, like uh, Kevin Fiala, who I think it might be due to step up. You know, he's had some chances the last couple games. I like his shots prop over. Same with Kempe. You know, these are the guys that are going to have to make something happen offensively tonight here for uh, the LA Kings if they're going to extend this series to a game seven. Uh, So I do like the draw. I'm going to take a shot with that. Why not? You know, we've seen a lot of overtime in this series, and we saw both games in L.A., Game three and in game four go to overtime, go beyond regulation. So I'm going back to that draw well once again here tonight with the uh, Oilers uh, and the Kings. Uh, And you can find that, again, at uh, FanDuel, usually the best price you can find with the draw, plus 400 at uh, FanDuel for the uh, draw right now. So, hell yeah, sign me up for when both games have gone to overtime in L.A. uh, here in this series. The only draw I have not bet yet is tonight is Toronto-Tampa, and even that I don't think is a terrible bet looking at maybe the draw on the Leafs and the Lightning, because again, the two games in Tampa in that series uh, both ended up uh, going to uh, overtime. So uh, you look at it, definitely uh, it's a situation where uh, it's, uh, I think it's got a very good chance to go beyond regulation. I don't think the Kings are going to roll over. And I think the Kings are good enough that you can look at game five, Alex, and say, oh, they're done. Edmonton's just destroyed them, taken over the series, crushed the will. First of all, I think LA is good to push back and improve their game. I think Corpusalo is a good enough goalie to improve after getting pulled in game five. He still played very well in this series, I think, overall. 
last couple of games, you know, they poured it on Edmonton and maybe they've found some holes in his game. But Corpus Allo, I think, is good enough to push back with a better game uh, here tonight. Uh, the Kings aren't going down without a fight. That's the way I see it tonight in game six. And if the Oilers do win, this will not be an easy game. I would be shocked if we're not sitting here tonight at midnight Eastern time, 1230, whenever this game's wrapping up and it's not a tight game uh, in game six here, win or lose, whoever it is. Uh, so I like the draw the total, you know, it's hard not it's right now with the way the series has unfolded these last two games, they both flew over the total. I'm not rushing to bet under uh, with these two teams right now. That's for sure. And I might split it up with the first period and the full game over uh, in this game uh, and do a little bit of both uh, as far as the total is concerned. Uh, I have a lot of props, too, that I'll get to. But first, Alex, what do you think here? Uh, game six, that should be a good one, Oilers-Kings. Yeah, looking forward to watching it. Uh, the only bet that I have, because I have the series going seven games already in pocket, and, and I also had a little sprinkle of it ending in six. So kind of good uh, wherever I go. But I am going to take a shot with the combo of Oilers and over five and a half plus 125 that's available uh, at BetMGM. And that that's really the only thing I'm going to roll with here at this point. I, I think the Oilers should be able to win this game. Uh, like you said, Leon Dressel has been the star uh, of this team in this series, not McDavid. And, you know, the video surfaced and McDavid kind of favoring his leg and warm-ups and different things. And you're wondering if, you know, if he's battling through an injury. And that's something to really keep an eye on because uh, he's obviously the lifeblood of that team. And him out of the lineup would be that, I mean, grossly detrimental, right? I mean, the reason why dry is so good is because everybody's shadowing and, and watching McDavid. So uh, the trickle-down effect would be massively always moving forward. But I think they have enough here to, to win this game. It's a, it's a tough ask for Corpus Allo to steal you two games and, and, get, and win you this series. I just don't see that happening here. So I'm uh, going with Edmonton kind of combined with that over five and a half at plus 125. I'm just going to uh, enjoy this one, maybe grab some live plays if I see any kind of shift in momentum during the game. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nugent Hopkins finally scores tonight. I, I, I There's not really much that would t- tell you, you know, he, he will because he's kind of had a – he's the one guy that's really not gotten it rolling yet for the Oilers, but – you're talking about a 100-point player Can he, uh, that, that I think is going to find the back of the net here at some point. And, uh, you know, he, I thought he was better in Game 5, more noticeable in Game 5. So plus 230 on him to find the back of the net. I'm going to take in that shot. Uh, like I say, anything Kempe, Kempe to score and over shots because if, if the Kings are going to get anything going offensively, he's going to be part of it. Uh, no question about it. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, I mean, in this series against the uh, L.A. Kings, he has had multiple point games in three of the five games so far. Uh, so, you know, over one and a half points, and someone in the chat mentioned that on uh, Leon Dreisaitl. I wouldn't talk you out of it. It's probably Ryan Rashog. Yeah, Ryan Rashog is who you're thinking of, Real Deal Prime. He's been the Oilers reporter for TSN yeah. for, for a long, long time. I can't even remember how long. It was so long ago when he started. He's been there for a long time. But, yeah, apparently, yeah, that McDavid thing, leg injury. So it, there is something that's bothering McDavid, which means I think that makes the dry sidle props even more appealing because he's going to have mm-hmm. to carry more of that weight uh, on his shoulders for sure. So uh, Leon dry sidle props. And, of course, as Kevin said before he left, Evan Bouchard, day and night, you know it. It's only minus 135 for him to get a point. I'd even sprinkle the power play point plus 110. The assist prop is plus 108 uh, at uh, Pinnacle. Uh, and, of course, you could even go goal prop at plus 550 at FanDuel because he's been shooting the puck. Now, he's more of a point producer than a goal scorer. But in this series, he has scored twice, including game four, the last time they played here in L.A. with that boosh bomb 
It's what they call it in Edmonton when he lets that puck go from the uh, blue line. He's got a hell of a cannon, hell of a shot, especially on the power play. So uh, definitely uh, Evan Bouchard props once again. Like I say, if it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. As far as shots on goal, like I said, Kempe, Biala, I think those are guys they're going to have to st- – Arvidsson, there's another one too for the uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, as far as guys, they're going to have to step up, make it happen here uh, offensively tonight. Uh, and uh, look, the leg injury is bothering. Uh, could be bothering uh, Connor McDavid for sure. But, you know, even his shot prop is still probably worth a look because he's averaging like way over almost eight shot attempts per game in this series. Uh, and uh, in this series, four of the five games, he's gone over three and a half shots on goal. So uh, even with the leg injury bothering him, he's probably still going to look to shoot the puck here. Three and a half over for him. Probably not a bad look as well. So a good prop game uh, overall. Uh, I could see this one as far as the, uh, the saves prop goes. This might be one where, you know, the Kings aren't always high volume with their shots. You would think backs against the wall at home. Maybe you look uh, Skinner uh, over saves here tonight for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. So I might look at that depending on what the uh, number is. But remember, the Kings aren't always the high, extreme high volume shots on goal team. So that's the one thing that would maybe concern me a little bit, even though in theory, at home, facing elimination, you'd like to uh, endorse the team to fire a lot of pucks at net and maybe look towards Skinner over saves tonight here uh, in this one. And uh, don't sleep, by the way, on for the LA Kings uh, down the lineup. Gabe Bellardi, every now and then, it seems like sometimes in the big moments, he rises up for the LA Kings, and we've talked about him all year. So, you know, if you want to sprinkle on the bargain bin that is Gabe Bellardi, and he's back to bargain bin prices again here in the playoffs. Like, you can get for a Bellardi here a pretty good number for him to uh, score a goal tonight in the uh, plus 280 to plus 300 range. So not a bad uh, price for a guy that's uh, had a great season for the LA Kings. All right, there you go. That's your Saturday card. We appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button on the way out. And a reminder, check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, daily ice guys show betting card, uh, bonus content, and more. Uh, patreon.com slash ice guys check it out sign up and subscribe just ten dollars a month also check out the ice guys store ice guys that my we got t-shirts we got caps we got hoodies we got mugs we got dog bandanas we got clothes for the baby we got everything check it out right now at the ice guys store ice guys that my all right there we go oh by the way i forgot to mention with the total in that oilers kings game i'm i said First period and full game over. I'm actually first period and third period over. I I'm, I'm probably won't bet full game over. I'm just going to, yeah, that's that's the way I'm approaching it. First period over, third period over, which is exactly what I'm doing with Toronto and Tampa Bay. And then I'm just on the third period over in the uh, Devils and the Rangers. So that's the way I'm approaching it as far as the uh, totals are concerned uh, for the three games tonight. Uh, all right, great stuff, a great show. And we thank, of course, Kevin Beach uh, for joining us as he does on Saturdays earlier. Uh, we will be back to wrap things up with Best Bets for this Saturday, uh, right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0. 
takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the weed whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the weed whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave, and you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner with the ball deodorant keep you smelling good looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions this complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you for all you guys out there and it's courtesy of our good friends at manscape.com so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time to wrap it up with best bets here for this Saturday. Um, I have not announced the betcast for Tuesday because I want to see what the schedule is first. Uh, most likely... Pencil it in for most likely we will have our usual Tuesday betcast, which will be April 2nd uh, this Tuesday. But I'm just waiting on the schedule. You know, it depends on when these series wrap up, how many are going to go to game seven, what's going to happen tonight, what's going to happen, you know, Sunday and Monday, because uh, there's also a potential there may not be anything Tuesday. And if that's the right. case, then we'll probably shift to a Thursday uh, betcast this week. Uh, but again, to be announced, to be determined. Uh, but if there's any games whatsoever, we will be on Tuesday again. Uh, for sure, April 2nd. So we're just holding off on making the announcement official. Uh, what we will be making official right now is what our Saturday best bets are. Alex, what do you like for a uh, best bet? Yeah, let's go to uh, the Hudson River rivalry. Let's go with the Devils and Rangers. Third period over two at plus 100. Uh, I'm also seeing a plus 105 somewhere, so that would be the best price to obviously grab. Um, I don't know what we're going to see out of these first 40 minutes. I do like the Devils to win the game and close this series out just off of the sheer fact that I don't think the Rangers have made adjustments uh, well enough the first three games. I don't see where they make these grand adjustments here in game six, to be honest. But with that being said, if they're down in this uh, third period, I think we're going to see everything open up and we're going to see goals back and forth. So I love the value here. We're getting an even money with Devils Rangers third period over. That's my best bet for Saturday. All right, there it is. Devils, Rangers, third period over uh, for uh, Alex, over two for a uh, best bet here for this Saturday card. And remember, these are all elimination games, of course, tonight, which means I am on the third period over personally for every game uh, here on this uh, Saturday night slate. Uh, my best bet, I am going to go to, for, my, for best bet, the um, I'm going to go to the Leafs Lightning. And look, very, very straightforward thinking. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. What have we seen in this series? We've seen five games and all five games have gone over the total in the first period. You know, I, I'm not going to bet against that changing uh, here tonight uh, in game six. We've seen five games, five first period overs cashing, and I'm going right back to the well with it here tonight in game six. So let's take a Toronto, Tampa Bay over one and a half, minus 128 in the first period. Uh, for my best bet here for this Saturday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live uh, seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. 
Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Uh, for Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Oh, I want to mention one thing. Blake Wheeler, shame on you uh, with the uh, Jets today in the pr- pr- press conference. Throwing Rick Bonus under the bus saying he could have Ooh, he could have spoken to us about what he thought instead of going publicly. You guys were dog shit. You know, second half of the year, you were awful in the series. I don't care about the injuries to Morrissey, Shifley. Ehlers not coming back until game five. I don't care. You were awful in that series. You had every right to be disgusted and disappointed, just as he said in that press conference there. And, yeah, there's issues. There's toxic. That's the word that comes to mind with the Winnipeg Jets right now. Uh, toxic situation there. Uh, and they've got a lot of shit to figure out. Uh, here in the off season, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. All right, that's a wrap. Alex P. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll be back tomorrow on Sunday, noon Eastern, for a huge Sunday of Game Sevens: Florida, Boston, Seattle, Colorado. Uh, we will break them both down for you tomorrow, right here on the Sunday edition of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 